Hey, this is Chase Face from the not too distant future. Uh, I just finished editing this episode and I realized that I forgot to say something very important. So I just wanted to jump back in time to preface what I'm about to get into because during this episode I'll be talking a lot of shit about Disney and Pixar animation because there are many, many racially problematic scenes and entire plots built on toxic or unhealthy relationships throughout their past uh, roughly 85 years in film. Um, Now, this isn't to say I'm anti-Disney. I actually really enjoy most of what they do. So I would say that it is okay to watch their movies as long as you're prepared as a parent to talk with your kids about the racist or prejudiced material in their back catalog. And that it really isn't fair to improperly judge a movie like Turning Red while completely ignoring or shrugging off problems from Disney's past. Now, I understand Turning Red does get hairy, (laughs) pun intended, because, yes, it's a metaphor for puberty, uh, but the message that likely went over your head is that it's really about ending generational abuse, loving yourself, and celebrating individuality. Um, If you can't have a conversation about something as petty as a girl having a period, then you cannot justifiably show your kids Disney classics without having serious conversations about the offensive and outdated attitudes, language, and uh, cultural depictions. Um, So, I mean, all I'm saying is take the time to understand something before being judgmental and looking like a damn hypocrite. (laughs) Um, Okay, now you're ready to hear me make fun of these one-star movie reviews. Let's go. Jeez, this movie sucks. Oh, how could you say that? <laughs> I got to get my balls broken, too? I'm not going to break your balls. I tell you to go home and get your shine box. Oh, uh, Randy, you breaking my balls? I got on the shade. Break my balls, Randy. Let's get into you. I'm breaking your balls a little bit. That's all. Am I being paranoid, or is he busting my balls? This guy ever stop breaking balls. Take your balls, each other. Break my balls, Chuck. The worst movie ever. And send and sit. Okay, let's get right in. Today's episode is about turning red. Well, I'm putting off the one-star reviews um, for a few minutes uh, just to kind of talk about something serious. Uh, there's, well, there is more of a message to this movie than I think what most parents think. And, and maybe this doesn't um, directly connect with what's happening Now, IRL, uh, but I believe its message is relevant enough that um, I guess that it allows opportunity to have a conversation uh, about rights to privacy and uh, the protection of women's health care. So there's a line from Turning Red. And it goes, my panda, my choice. It's a powerful quote that's uh, it's derived from my body, my choice. It holds significant meaning, and it, it's used surrounding issues of uh, body autonomy and um, and abortion rights. Uh, so what is going on right now? I guess if you don't know, then you probably live under a rock. Um, you've heard uh, Roe versus Wade. No, not. Chaz Rowe and Wade Boggs not talking about your 
dumbass baseball card collection. Um, Roe versus Wade was a landmark legal decision that was issued in uh, seven, 1973. I don't, God, I had to think about it for a second. I was going to say 72, but it's uh, 1973 um, by the Supreme Court, and that was to legalize abortion. And yes, women are entitled to this. Stop being an asshole. Um, it's a right that is implicit to our privacy rights within the Constitution. Um, so anyways, if you fast forward to today, what's what's going on now? Um, the Supreme Court has a draft opposing the right to abortion. So unfortunately, if these mm, conservative... Um, sanctimonious fuckwads have their way it means this 50 year old ruling will be reversed and that would be obviously devastating to women's rights um i mean it's it's crazy like too many people fought just way too long and hard just to have these rights um taken away and um you know speaking of long and hard if, if these holier-than-thou a-holes think pregnancy is God's will, then, you know what, so is impotence. Ban Viagra and Cialis. If you can't get it up, oh fucking well. You don't get to allow science and medicine to help you. Oh no, the shoe only fits one foot. The fucking hypocrisy kills me. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm a white man, and I'm actually kind of embarrassed to say that because the mostly white men making these decisions are ignorant self-righteous hypocrites that think they uh you know think they're entitled to tell people what to do with their bodies um so i mean i'm sorry to break out in, into a political rant during a comedy slash entertainment slash movie review show but um i don't know some things just can't be ignored um Oh, really, I shouldn't apologize because, well, uh, although, I, let me say this about myself. I, I'm extremely introverted and often don't like talking to people face to face. But in all honesty, I, I do love and respect people and feel the need to speak out uh, when it comes to fairness in people's rights. So <laughs> I know this episode has started off a bit crazy, but it will continue to be somewhat of a roller coaster because today I'm talking about one star reviews. Well, I said that weird. One star reviews for um, Turning Red. And it's a PG children's movie. Children's movie? Question mark. Yes. Um, so much controversy surrounding this kids movie from Pixar. Disney. Disney, Pixar, whatever. They're one and the same, I guess. Um, so, welcome to Bollockbuster. I am Chase Face. Uh, better late than never on the introduction, I guess. Um, if you're new here, and you may hear me say this as I continue to try to build my audience, so I apologize for some redundancy and my bad habit of occasionally repeating myself, but typically what I want to do is briefly talk about a movie or some topic related to that movie, um, but then mostly focus on reacting to one-star reviews of well of said movie um 
and these reviews are kind of skimmed through. Um, I potentially look at hundreds of them. Um, and I copy and paste the, well, the text, of course, and, uh, and have it converted to audio. So then I can treat it um, sort of what's being read as conversation. Um, and then that way, it's as if the internet is talking to me about these reviews. So when I react and make fun of them, it feels a little more organic and like a somewhat more natural conversation because while I may have seen a, f- I, well, yeah, a few words here and there, um, I, you know, that's of course just during the editing process, but I don't always fully know what I'm going to hear during the recording because again, I'm not reading these word for word. I'll stop the recording and react with my own genuine reaction and try to make it funny. And then, of course, at the end, all of this is edited together and sounds like a conversation. But, uh, you know, um, some people might call my humor dry or deadpan, and I may come across as sarcastic or maybe just sound like an asshole at times. Um, it's not for everyone, but if you enjoy it, subscribe, keep listening. I greatly appreciate coming back for future episodes. Um, let's laugh at these ridiculous ball busting reviews together. Um, now I know there's often personal opinions that go into reviews. Uh, well, duh, (laughs) that's what reviews, um, reviews are just sort of a commentary of one's own opinions about something. So uh, when I make fun of these, it's not uh, a personal attack. So here's the thing with Turning Red. The majority of its negative reviews seem to have to do with it being too mature, being a metaphor for periods, and sending bad messages to kids. And this is all over Twitter, too. Um, so I didn't just get this from reviews. But um, I'm... Probably going to sound judgmental here, but it's not. Here's the thing. It's not the responsibility of the movie to inform you. It's it's partly. I almost want to say it's all on the parent because, I mean, well, that's part of parenting. But uh, you have to know what you're taking your kids into. That is your responsibility. Um we're seeing movies in the age of the internet. This isn't like when I was a kid and maybe there was something said in a newspaper about a movie. No, it's all accessible. It's all out there. The information is there. So there's tons of information about what's in the movie that parents might not want to see. You can't fully blame the movie. I mean, it is okay to obviously dislike and have a negative reaction and rate it. Uh, one star or whatever because you just simply didn't like the plot or whatever but don't blame the movie when you didn't even try to research any advisory for parents um now personally when it comes to what i watch with my daughter i don't have a huge problem let me specify with violence um because uh from a young age she and i have been into special effects uh prosthetics and uh gory makeup um i mean we essentially see it as like an art form 
and understand the hard work that goes into pulling off practical special effects. So I, I think it's fair to say that many people can live their lives without seeing like excessive violence, like somebody covered in blood, um, something like that. However, you know, when it comes to things like sex or drugs, it's a little more realistic and you're more likely, obviously you're going, you're going to encounter, uh, some of that in, in real life. Um, in, in movies, they, if they actually show nudity, um, you know, naturally I, I would be a little more hesitant and, you know, try not to let her see some of that because that actually does require, uh, more of a mature conversation between parent and child. Um, and not everybody's ready for that. Um, my daughter is at that age where it's literally right around the corner. I mean, we've, kind of hinted at things, um, you know, just for the sake of her own safety and, and being cautious, uh, around people. But, um, but you know, she, she knows, I mean, she's, she's a pretty mature kid. She, um, she's got a a really good head on her shoulders. Um, but these talks should be normal. Parents need to stop being so goddamn afraid of having a conversation on mature topics. Uh, they probably understand and can handle more than what you think. And with my 13 year old, and and by the way, I I do trust the MPA's film rating system enough that I'm okay with her watching PG 13 movies. Plus I know that she's smart and trustworthy enough that, uh, we can comfortably have a conversation about any of the content that falls under that rating. Um, but, uh, well, back to the gory and violent stuff. Um, when we see it in movies, we're just like, oh, that was a cool effect. It's obviously fake. That's what makes it significantly less disturbing and problematic in my eyes. Um, but when it comes to Disney's history in film, let's, let's talk about something that is disturbing. Uh, before... I guess getting specifically more into turning red, I want to point out plenty of other Disney movies that are problematic. I mean, if you want to discuss the toxic mother daughter relationship in turning red, then you know what? Let's, let's not ignore the variety of unhealthy relationships spanning decades throughout Disney animated movies. We can, we can start with a little mermaid. Uh, that story centers around a teenage girl who is crushing real fucking hard on some dude. She's never met fallen in love with someone, uh, based on appearances. So that's a problem all in itself. Um, but the most significant is the fact that she is willing to give up her voice for a man. Think about the implications of what that means for girls. She physically gives up her voice because having a man who she never met in her life is more important. She basically says, fuck her family. Bye, like, bye, Felicia. I'm done with you. Like, it's not a big deal. Sacrifice everything as a teenage girl to go run away and marry a man you just met. Um, or actually, I don't even think she had met him at that point. I don't know. I don't remember. But, um... 
it's like cool oh yeah oh and tricking someone to kiss you that is a level of fucking cringe almost on par with that uh, like uh let's see um fucking nonsense like sleeping beauty and and snow white both of those movies show women well really girls who are unconscious and kissed by men without consent this is the foundation of Disney animation. And it was basically built on this recurring theme that girls need to rely on men. Um, the dynamic between Prince and princess shown throughout most. Well, I don't know if, if not all their princess themed movies that Disney is so famous for in a way it's teaching a mentality to young girls that there's always a man who will come along and save you as if men are the ones who are needed to build up women (laughs) you know who thinks like that fucking not decent men no it's men who are like psychologically abusive toward women or girls do some research on on men who are also physically uh, abusive toward women and children and, and you'll see this is a common trait it's about control it's uh, uh, a tactic towards emotional psychological abuse which can be more effective than actual physical abuse um, I, I've had to familiarize a, a little bit with some of that I used to do like loss prevention and security and you know we've had to get really deep into um, training uh, topics that dealt with, um, you you know, because it's not just, you know, you think like loss prevention, you just think like theft, fraud, that kind of shit. But but there's a lot more to it. You get into um, just a bunch of different types of like criminal type behaviors and um, and, and, and you just, I don't know, there's a a lot. I'm not going to go like too in depth on that, but we learn about like you know, de-escalating situations where people are angry and violent and there's like potentially underlying, you know, emotional issues behind their behavior and shit like that. So anyways, Beauty and the Beast is the best example for that. The, The plot sends a message to girls that they can fix men who exhibit, uh, aggressive, uh, frightening, um, or even abusive behaviors towards them. It's not okay. <laughs> um, what the fuck is going on uh, over at Disney? But I, <laughs> um, it sounds terrible. I'm, you know, I'm over here bashing the shit out of Disney. I love Marvel movies. Um, that's, I think that's the best thing that Disney has going for them. Um, they've kind of wrecked Star Wars. Star Wars, you know, was a pretty good franchise. Well, I don't know. We'll we'll see what this new series that's, uh, um. Oh, this Obi-Wan series. Let's see if that maybe turns things around for uh, Star Wars. But but anyways, I, I, I think I can probably come up with uh, with a couple more examples of, of toxic relationships. But before I do that, I want to touch on. Yeah, hell with it. Let's let's get into just a, a few more little. No, let me not say little. Um, a, a few more problems throughout Disney's history. Um and I'm not going to go into great lengths outside of the unhealthy uh, relationship topic, but Disney has also been called out for plenty of race-related issues. There's the uh, 
let's see. We'll just kind of go down the line here, I guess. Well, uh, with the twin, what are they? The uh, the Siamese cats, the Asian like character type voices. I forgot what movie that is. Um, Lady and the Tramp, I think. Uh, I could be wrong though. It's God, I haven't seen these movies in a long time. But uh, and then there's in Aristocats. Uh, if I recall, has like a Chinese cat playing a piano with chopsticks, probably playing chopsticks on the piano. I don't know. Um, I don't fucking remember. Don't really care. It's probably not a movie I'll ever watch again. But um, I mean, there's just tons of stuff like that. I mean, from there, you can get into a conversation about Jungle Book. You want to do that? Where every character has a distinctively sort of white, uh, traditional European voice and... Uh, some, if I remember correctly, speak with sort of like a sophisticated British type accent. And, and I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with um uh, Sorry, British people. Um, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with the accent, um, especially, of course, when it, you know, fits the time and the place. But uh, but the problem is you show you show that. But then all of the apes and monkeys as having this sort of like jive talk. Um, that shit is just really out of place and unnecessary. Um, and also I wouldn't hesitate to point out something like Aladdin where they sing a song about Arab people being barbarians. Uh, Arabian nights. I don't remember the exact lyric, but it's something to the effect of, uh, like cutting off your ears simply because they don't like your face, blah, blah, blah. It's okay. It's no big deal for them. It's just home. It's something like that. I don't know. Like violence is a standard way of life uh, for Arab countries. Let's, uh, let's tear apart Pinocchio. No, I'm not going to go that too in depth. Um, but there's, they show us child trafficking. Pleasure Island is terrifying. I mean, that's, that's enough. I'm fucking done with Pinocchio. And there's drug references and and or drug use references. I don't know. Um, Alice in Wonderland. I guess that that's the, those are pretty you know petty in comparison. I guess. Um, but nonetheless, those are not conversations you're most likely ready to have with the kids uh, that you're showing these movies to at like. I mean, let's just be real. Like a lot of kids are shown these movies at two, three, four, five. You know, they're probably not into it, and they're not going to sit through it and pay attention uh, at age one, two, maybe three, or even four. But you know, but when they actually start watching these movies all the way through, it potentially as young as like maybe age three, four, five, six, seven. You know, and and I mean, look at what you're doing. You know, you're going to hate on a movie like Turning Red for its message being a little risque in terms of, you know, getting into adolescence and puberty and menstrual cycles and, and stuff like that. But when it comes to, like, the all this offensive bullshit, you just, who cares? Let them watch it. They can watch these movies back to back like it's no big deal. Um, I don't know. It's a little bit hypocritical, but um, why don't we take things up? Uh, take things up. <laughs> take th- why don't we take things up? What was I gonna say? I don't even know. Take things up a notch, maybe. Um, uh, with a conversation, let's dive right into uh, numerous issues with a movie like uh, Ah Dumbo. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you ready to have a conversation with your young child about animal abuse? Okay. Well, in all fairness, maybe that's an easier topic than a, than a girl having her first period. Um, I digress. It's, uh, it's not a conversation you want to have brought up because just because you watched a movie with, with the kids, right? What about Jim Crow? Um, they actually have in Dumbo, there's a, a character named Jim Crow and he is a crow. Uh, wow. So clever. Um, and you know what a group of crows are called? They're called a murder. So, and I'm not exclusively saying that this was like a writer's intention, but when you throw those things together, are they insinuating murder Jim Crow? I don't know. Okay, maybe that's maybe that's a bit of a stretch. Um, I don't know. But it's not just a representation of a black person. It's an offensive characterization of black people in general. And it's one that exists to amuse white folks back in the day. Uh, are you ready to explain Ebonics and these like offensive portrayals of different cultures or, or, or how people um, just got a laugh out of making fun of uh, black people or making them look stupid or whatever the intention was. I don't know, but um, yeah, I want to explain that to a five-year-old. I fucking doubt it. <clears throat> Song of the South. Um, so we, we've taken a look at, at Disney's problems with Asian, uh, Arab and black culture. Um, what else? Oh yeah. Oh shit. What about <laughs> what about natives? Um well, there's the powwow scene in Peter Pan. And that's you know what? I'm not even going to get into that because it gets worse. Um decades later, in fact, it gets worse with with Pocahontas. Because that's a message to kids about rewriting a history of wrongdoing. What's the dude's name? Uh John John Smith. Right? And, and it's like a writer's pitch to Disney <laughs> went like this. It was like, hey, you remember how European settlers committed all kinds of atrocities towards natives? Well, instead of showing that, what if we uh, what if we turn this bullshit into a cute little rom-com for kids? <laughs> what if what if we replace all the acts of violence with cute little songs? Problem solved. Um. I don't know. That's that's about all I can think of, um, at least on that end of the spectrum. So let me jump back into the toxic relationship side of the conversation. Um, has anyone ever thought about a Goofy movie? It came out in the mid-90s, and I've, I fucking loved this movie as a kid. I remember seeing it with my dad, and um, of course... I didn't realize it back then. Well, it's almost laughable if I think about it now, but my dad had to have been a little uncomfortable watching this because Goofy's son, Max, is an absolute terror towards his dad. He uh, throughout a big chunk of the movie, and Max is rude and he's disrespectful and makes his dad feel stupid or irresponsible at almost uh, every chance he gets. Um, the majority of the movie were led to see Goofy as a, I guess, kind of a dad who just can't do anything right. While Max treats his dad like absolute dog shit. 
And of course, with their journey, that sort of changes towards the end. And Max respects his dad by the time we get to the uh, the story's conclusion. Um, but that had to make some dads out there in the audience a little uncomfortable. So here's the thing. You know, I'm going to get into to the reviews here in just a second. I know I'm kind of, this is a little bit long-winded, but uh, I'm going to get into it. Um, so when it comes to my jokes about reviews, about the person writing them, take it with a grain of salt. Yes, I roast these people and what they say in a review, but I have no intention of my words hurting feelings. And just because I make jokes doesn't mean I think serious issues aren't meant to be taken seriously. There is a contextual framework for comedy where it, it is okay to joke about shitty things in life. These are the exact things that we often need to laugh at because it reminds us that maybe this is something that should change or maybe I can laugh uh, as a way to cope or overcome this emotionally traumatic thing like, I don't know, like death or cancer. They're obviously very devastating things in life that if you cannot at least laugh at some point then you're always miserable and depressed and if we um well oh, oh well here's a recent uh example chris rock being slapped by will smith over a joke about smith's wife's hair she has alopecia so fucking what um not even that serious i'm fucking bald and i guarantee if someone jokes uh about my head i can easily laugh uh, but, I mean, this has always been the war on comedy, right? Uh, people, or some people always assume that making making fun of something, I guess, is the same as trivializing it. And newsflash, it's not. It's just not. Um, if you can't understand that, then you've got to be miserable. I don't know how people can live like that. So, here's a... Well, here's a fun fact about me. Um, so I have ADHD. When I was a kid, it was just ADD um, because they didn't include the hyperactivity part. Um, now I guess they kind of lump it all together. But um, while I might consider myself fairly high functioning for an individual with that diagnosis, I, I still I, sometimes I feel stupid because I, I lose my train of thought. I... I struggle staying focused on a task um, and I forget shit that someone just told me like five or 10 minutes ago. Um, or maybe I just actually wasn't paying attention because my brain was doing a million other things while trying to listen or whatever. Um, it sucks. It sucks. I've lived my whole life having people say they think I'm lazy, don't listen or don't care. Can't do this. Can't do that. And it's, it was diagnosed differently, um, you know, back then I was seen as like a problem, was given medication and, you know, teachers back then thought kids with uh, ADHD had like a mental disability. Well, I guess it is. A, technically, it's a learning disability, but, uh, but back then it was seen as more of a mental illness and probably not, well probably not always diagnosed correctly of course um so i know yeah i just got really serious there for a minute but when it comes to comedy it is not off limits if someone wants to joke or make fun of adhd go ahead 
I can laugh at it. In comparison, it's I think it's fair to say having a fucked up brain is a bit more serious than having a bald head. Fucking hashtag Team Chris, 100%. Because um, that shit was uncalled for. But um, laughing at some things is just a way to often emotionally overcome how you negatively feel about that particular thing. So now that we've talked about all that serious stuff and kind of gone over some of the ground rules of how comedy works, uh, let's get right into these reviews so I can start making fun of them. Oh, and uh, hopefully, since I did a little too much singing in the previous couple episodes, uh, the Batman episode, um, what was I singing? The Talking Heads, and then last episode I was singing... uh, Something in the Way by Nirvana, and the theme song to Wow Wow Wubsy. So hopefully nothing in today's reviews will evoke any singing. <laughs> um, but uh, but you never know. Maybe maybe today's the day I sing Baby Shark or some some other bullshit. But hopefully not. Okay, Internet. Let's have those reviews. Okay, here are my favorite ball-busting one-star reviews for Turning Bread. Our first review from Stephen Kearns 12 is titled, Clumsy Metaphors and a Toxic Mother. Straight out the gate this movie is not appropriate for all ages, and those involved should be ashamed for not giving prior warnings to parents. So this is where I want to interrupt to say, um, it's not on the people who create the movie to to warn you um you as a parent and again pg for anybody that does not know what pg means it doesn't mean kids of all ages it still means parental guidance which means you may have to have a conversation oh god i know that's a you know you have to step outside of your comfort zone here but when something says parental guidance yes that means you may have to have a conversation with your child before or after watching this movie or any movie with a PG rating. Um, I, I mean, come on. You can't stop blaming the movie. You could have done the research. We're not talking about seeing a movie 50 years ago. We're talking about seeing a movie in the age of the internet. The internet exists. There are literally... Uh, parental warnings on every single movie if you just search for them. That's all you have to do. It will literally tell you and break down, in most cases, scene by scene, uh, maybe not scene by every single scene, but any scene that may be uh, sort of problematic um, for for parents, potentially anyways, um, whether they are or not. Um these scenes will be outlined for you. All you have to do as a parent is search for them. Please do that before taking your children to see a movie. Um, that is 100% your responsibility as a parent. I have no idea what movie those scoring this highly were watching, but it's certainly not the same movie I watched. 
The main character is extremely arrogant and just not relatable or likable and the mother is so far beyond controlling that she's a borderline psychopath and of course, the father is just some overweight dude, there for appearances. Yeah, thank you. Let's talk about that more. Um, you know, and I think this, this happens a lot in, in movies, um, especially like these kind of like, you know, cartoon movies with, you know, family um, problems and stuff. A lot of times, like the dad doesn't really uh, contribute. <laughs> and I mean, they, or it's a lack of, I don't want to say they don't contribute, but they're just, a lot of times they are just comic relief. You know, the dad is, uh, you know, it's kind of like what Homer Simpson's become, you know, a lot of it's, it's fun to turn the dad into, you know, just the idiot doofus dad that, uh, you know, he's, he's just the punchline, um, you know, and doesn't really have any any meaningful impact on on what happens um so uh yep um so for for other dads out there um we're we're not all homer simpsons right uh homer simpson is an absolute fucking idiot and he's actually the reason i don't like the simpsons anymore um i used to think he was a great character but he has d devolved de-evolved what's the word um the opposite of uh the opposite of e evolved <laughs> whatever that word is um that's what's happened to homer simpson he is that character is turned into an absolute dumpster fire um to the point where he's not even funny anymore like it's i can't even watch the sims i can't no matter how hard i try like i i just can't <laughs> Um, uh, watch Bob's Burgers instead. Um, that's, yeah, the dad has, has dumb moments, um, and, and they make fun of him, but he's not the punchline in the same way. He's not just a complete idiot. If anything, he's kind of the glue that helps hold, holds, uh, things together. And, uh, and even though he's not perfect, which they make sure you as a a viewer know that he's not um he's very flawed but uh but he he's he's a hard worker um he tries to be very ethical and tries to be very much a decent person throughout and uh and like i said he tries to teach his kids good values and um and he's just a very responsible uh person so um and they do all of that while still being very funny. I would say the jokes are far superior in Bob's Burgers um, than they are compared to uh, what's in The Simpsons. Um, but I will give The Simpsons credit for... Um, for they, they do seem to predict the future. I will give them that. I've no idea what message this sends to kids, but it's not that puberty is natural and part of life, but that it's a bizarre roller coaster and you can pretty much do anything you want when experiencing it. <laughs> well, that's just like your opinion, man. Um, I think this kid's movie went over your head. Because um, that's not the message about puberty. It's not that it's... It, yes, it is a, 
a roller coaster and it does portray that obviously in an exaggerated again this is a fucking cartoon okay so yes it's exaggerated um but not that you can do anything you want that had nothing to do with the message that had to do with a very toxic relationship between the mother and daughter um that that mostly sent her off on this roller coaster so it had more to do with the mother being a problem than it did with the problem was not her her getting her first period or that's or at least that's what the mother thinking anyways so all right next review this review from seattle 1,356,912 is titled disappointed as a chinese american i have to say that i'm very disappointed by this movie seriously what is the movie trying to teach the kids to be yourself and don't listen to your parnets at the age of 13? Or to sneak out of the house at the middle of the night? Or go to a not-child-appropriate concert without parents' permission? The main characters are teens, they are at the very age that can be easily misled by these wrong messages. This is the most irresponsible movie that Pixar has made. So that, so that was good. I needed... I feel like this needed uh, the opinion of a Chinese American mother. Um, I mean, this movie does in fact center itself around a, a Chinese family in Canada. So, um, you know, I know that different cultures and different parts of the world obviously have different ways of raising children. And again, that's something as a fellow parent, I understand, I respect, um, but I still think that a lot of parents kind of missed uh, some of the message here. I think they got bits and pieces of it, but I think they got, and I understand that, yes, the story could have been better. I think there's things that they could have done to get the message across a little bit better than they did. Maybe it just wasn't very clear, but I think this has more to do with, um, just learning to love yourself and be yourself. Um, and that yes, uh, becoming a teenager is scary. And more specifically when it comes to, you know, having your first period, that's also pretty terrifying too. But here's the thing. If you are, I don't know why I'm about to say this like I'm addressing a child. That's <laughs> There should not be any young children listening to this podcast. But um, uh, let me rephrase. Um, I think for parents who are taking their children to see this, if your kids are so young, it, this is going over their head. This is not something that's going to... I mean, they probably aren't even paying that close attention to the fact that the the mother brings up um, anything about her daughter having her first period. And even if they do, they should kind of have an idea. I don't know. I don't want to say because obviously I'm not assuming there's like a certain age that, you know, parents should have had this conversation. But I think if they're at an age where they comprehend it, like literally they, they know what's going on like beat by beat throughout this movie. 
um, which I think is fair to say age seven ish, maybe eight because any younger than that, they're, they're missing half the shit in the movie anyways. Like they're not, most of it's not being retained. They're, you know, they're, they're absorbing sort of like the physical comedy, the, you know, the, the big flashy stuff. They're not, they're not, they're missing. I guarantee you if they're under the age of like eight or nine, they're missing half the dialogue in this movie anyways. Um, they're, they're not retaining most of it, but, um, but for those that are old enough, if you, if you took your eight, nine, 10 year old to see this movie, you kind of, again, like, I hate to sound like I'm saying you, you should know, uh, you should know better. I'm not saying that's entirely true, but I feel like by that age, there should have been a conversation and I don't know. And I mean, it's it's not that big of a deal if you're now having to have the conversation after the fact, because if anything, this helped ease the tension for you. Um, so now you can get into this topic, uh, uh, maybe a little bit easier and now it shouldn't be as, as dreadful, but I don't know. What do I know? Um, I, I maybe, maybe I, I don't know what that's like because it, it was never uncomfortable. Um, within my household, within my family to have that conversation with my daughter. Um, I, did I dread it initially? Yes. But we're talking 13, 12 to 13 years ago when the thought first crossed my mind. Um, when I realized my daughter is somebody that I can have a conversation with, like a full conversation with as a human being and not like, a young child that just, you know, that doesn't understand anything, you know, I mean, it's, it's not like talking to a toddler, you know, when you realize your kid is old enough to have a full conversation with you, then you can start having conversations. So, um, so I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm just, if I'm insensitive, it's just because I don't, I guess I don't know what it's like to not know how to have a conversation with my child. Um, that's something that you have to figure out as a parent. You have to. Um, otherwise, you're potentially doing something wrong. And no, I don't mean that in the sense that, like, oh, you're a bad parent. I just mean, like, there there might be a problem. You need to correct it. And it's not a problem with your kid. It's like, Hey, um, you need to realize that your child is growing up. So be maybe try to prepare yourself a little better. So it's like in the realm of advice, not in, you know, Hey, wow, that's shitty. You don't know what you're doing. Ha ha. Like, that's not what I mean by that. So, um, please don't take it that way. This next review from Confirmed at 17 is titled, This is What They Teach Kids. I rarely give low ratings below 5 6, almost never actually. This is my second movie which gets a rating below 4, and honestly, I don't think it's low enough. 1. The mother accuses a person of a being a predator and no consequences for her. Is that what children should be taught? that they can just accuse people of such things? 2. 
They destroy public property and terrorize people, and they get away with it. 3. 13-year-olds twerking and slapping their butt, even if they are transformed into an animal. Doesn't matter if it's a sausage or a can of soup, actions are actions regardless. 4. Kids sneaking out in the middle of the night to attend a concert she wasn't supposed to be at? Nice. 5. Encourage destructive behavior by friends. Wasted my time. Okay, so those are several uh, valid things uh, to be concerned about. Um, but they're not too far out uh, outside of what you would find in most movies. Uh, like kids movies like this. Um, I mean, you want to talk about like kids and families that are destructive. I mean, look at like the, the animated, uh, Adam's family movie or like Captain Underpants or like, um, I mean, there's a handful of them. I'm just, I was just trying to think of ones that I've seen in like recent years. Um, but the list goes on and on and on. I mean, this really isn't that far outside of uh, the normal for, for kids movies they're Yeah. They're destructive. They cause problems. Um, you know, the kids, uh, get into all kinds of trouble in, in most kids movies. Um, I was trying to think of, uh, um, no, I can't remember. I was trying to think of, uh, what that, what the girl from inside out, uh, did. I don't know. I don't remember the movie well enough. But there, I mean, there's just, there's tons of examples. I just, I don't watch a lot of kids movies, uh, not very often anymore. I haven't watched kids movies on like a regular basis in probably five, six, seven years because my daughter's just not of that age anymore. Um, and we just, you know, every now and then might watch like a, a kids animated movie. Um, but yeah, that's. Again, you still kind of miss part of the message. And I think that's kind of what I'm getting at here is instead of I'm trying to take a a little bit more of a respectful approach and not just really hating on these people for their for their uh, one star reviews because of their personal opinions attached to them. Um, So I'm just kind of looking at it as like, well, here's some advice from one parent to another. Um, Maybe like learn how to watch something like this with your kids and have a conversation. Like I said, with any movie that you watch this again, this is PG, which stands for parental guidance, meaning there needs to be some sort of connection, some sort of thing that's talked about, not just you putting this movie on and, and you being in the other room or taking a nap while your while your kid is watching a movie. Um, there needs to be a little more involvement, uh, when it comes to, you know, watching anything, uh, with your kids. So that's, that's just my criticism. Um, and I do mean for that genuinely to be, uh, constructive <laughs> and helpful. Um, cause I think it's kind of, it's, I don't know. It's really dumb to give these movies one star because of things that you don't understand or are not willing to do 
uh, for or with your child. So I just think I'm just calling out how silly it is. That's it. This review from Baby Shark Doo Doo Die 5. Oh, Baby Shark Doo 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 Doo. Oh, no, I can't stop myself. Baby Shark Doo 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 Doo. Is titled This Movie Turned Me Red. Two minutes into the movie, and I hated the main girl and her friends already. They are the definition of typical 13-year-old brats who think it is somehow cool to disobey your parents cause they think they are brainwashed by the society. Oh, well, let me insert a slight edit to what you just said there. Uh, first of all, I think Mei Mei is not a typical 13-year-old because I have seen in my, let's see, I've been a working adult for almost 20 years, and... um. I would say this little girl has more work ethic than most adults I've seen. Um, I mean, like I said, she does all of her chores. She's excited to go home and do chores. She makes good grades, like straight A student. And then she works at her parents' business. Like, most 13-year-olds can't handle that. Don't do that. That's they, they just don't. That's not. So I would say she's above average. I would say she's. Uh, I'd be proud to have her as my daughter. What was the message here exactly? To show the parents or family in a bad light who care the most about you. Or to fantasize about boys being mermaids. Or is it to use your powers to make some money for a concert? I don't know and I surely don't think that it is to embrace who you truly are. And why do this woke Disney thinks that every 13 year old girl acts and thinks like that? I have a 13 year old sister and thank god she do not act like any of those brats and guess what she did not like the movie either. Oh my god, people love to throw around the word woke. No, it's not woke, it's just a form of storytelling that requires you to be a little bit more open-minded, I guess. I don't know how else to put that. Um, I think if, if you're someone who doesn't get the message, which again, it's about self-expression, loving yourself, respecting yourself. Um, you know, parents, parents can be harsh, but this isn't a message about disrespecting her parents. Again, she's a straight-A student. She comes home and does her chores. She works uh, at, like, a real job. I mean, this is something that far surpasses the average abilities of a 13-year-old. Um, and my 13-year-old is great. I love her. And she's smart enough to know, as I'm sure most 13-year-olds are, that... Maybe makes some bad decisions. She does some terrible things and gets in trouble and kind of deserves to get in trouble. Um, so if you are actually raising your child and teaching them proper, you know, behavior, you're not strict, overly strict or like toxic the way Maymay's mother is. Um, you know, most kids, I think, are going to be able to point that out. They're going to be like, wow, this, holy crap, I'm really glad my mom's not like this. But um, if you are like her, then, you know, maybe if if you side with the parent in this, 
you're you're kind of not parenting correctly because she's toxic as fuck. Um, I yeah, and then she kind of tries to be helpful, and and that you know, yeah, she loses her mind because. May May does a few bad things um, later on in the movie and, uh, you know, and, and maybe deserves to get in trouble um, for that. But, you know, this isn't like a real life situation. You're not going to turn into a giant panda and have a physical fight in the middle of a stadium. Um, I mean, obviously, this is very over the top. Yes, it's a metaphor for a bunch of different little fucking things. Um, but as, as a 13 year old knows not to side with the 13 year old in this movie, especially if you have raised them correctly, then you should have enough sense to know to not side with this asshole of, of a mother in this movie, (laughs) because she is just ridiculously over the top. Um, so do the kids have more sense than the parents? Maybe. That's kind of what I'm gathering here. Tell me, Disney, if I agree with her mom, for the most part until they intentionally try to show that she's a big evil monster. Does that make me look bad or am I not included in your woke people's list? Well, Mayo. Never felt more annoyed after watching a kid's movie. Just wake up woke Disney and stop brainwashing kids by making them watch your woke trash. Note to myself, be aware of what your kid watches in the name of animation from now on. From now on? <laughs> what do you mean from now on? <laughs> well, no shit, you should always be aware of what your kids watch. Um, that's the problem. The problem isn't the movie. The problem is that there's so many parents that obviously aren't paying enough attention uh, to their kids. And that's kind of the same problem between the mother and the daughter in this family is that the mother hasn't really paid enough attention to her daughter. Um, even though her daughter up until the point of the movie where she starts turning into a panda, she's a perfect child or nearly perfect anyways. Easily skippable, as it also does not have a proper plot and is predictable too. Do not recommend it watching, especially with your kids. Yes, thank you. Round of applause. Finally, somebody is commenting on plot and predictability, something that actually belongs in a movie review. Um, Yeah, thank you. You didn't elaborate. Um, You just talked about wokeness and a bunch of bullshit. Uh, messages that um, have to do with you not being able to communicate properly with your own child um, and blaming the movie for that. But, hey, at least you summed it up with, uh, you know, a little bit of actual review. Thanks. Next fucking review. Here we go. This review from QTBKWD12 is titled... If you want your children to learn it's okay to lie to you, please watch this movie. I'm a 22-year-old female who desires to become a teacher and was disappointed, to say the least, in the message behind this film. Embracing your emotions are important but if your emotions lead you to lie to your parents, listen to your bad influential friends, and care more about the last-est music than caring for other people, 
then you need to learn not to give in to those emotions. It's so sad today to see kids having no respect for their teachers and or adults who care deeply for them because they've been fed these message that they're allowed to do whatever they want without thinking of the consequences and the effect it has on other people and themselves later on in life, and wondering when did things starting to go out of hand. Okay, so I know maybe you don't know this because you're only 22. Um, you know, kids disobeying their parents and being disrespectful is nothing new. That's not something that has come about uh, during this, uh, you know, recent years. I, I was going to say this uh, this new millennia uh, since the 2000s. Uh, kids have really gone. No, that's it, it's not like things have gotten out of hand. Um, my parents are approaching 80. Well, they're like mid 70s, but um they could tell you stories about sneaking out and doing things that their parents didn't want them to do. Um, and, uh, and, and I'm sure uh, there are some people out there with grandparents who are approaching a hundred years old that could tell stories about their teen years where they disobeyed and they did things, um, uh, against their, you know, against their parents' wishes. Uh, I mean, my grandmother started smoking when she was like 12 years old and smoked damn near until the day she died. Um, you know, that's a disgusting habit that started at an age where, I mean, 12? And I mean, okay, I get this was, you know, earlier 1900s. I mean, this would have been, I don't even know, 1920s or something? I don't. I don't even... I'm not sure. I'm not, I'm not, I don't feel like doing the math, but, um, this is nothing new. Like parents disobeying children. Um, I mean, I'm sure it's gone on lo since the beginning of time. Like that's, this has nothing to do with movies. And let's be real. If you, if you want to have a conversation about, uh, a child disobeying a parent in movies, uh, Everybody applauds and praises Finding Nemo as one of the best. Uh, I don't know if I'd say the best, but it's definitely in, it's probably in most people's like top three Pixar movies. And that is a direct. Um, I mean, you can't even be more direct than this. Um, Nemo disobeys his uh, his father's rules and look at what the fuck happens to him. Um it is a shock that that child survived that whole mess of a fucking thing that happened to him. Um, so, but nobody gives a shit because it's a fish. It's not, you know, it's not a person, you know? Oh yeah. It's a, it's a fish. That shit happens to them all the time. My panda, my choice was the response. She told her mom when her mom told her that her appearance was inappropriate. It's your body. It's your choice. That's, how it is that's how it should be nobody gets to make decisions about your body for you it seems innocent but guys i'm begging you to look at the deeper message be careful what you allow your children to watch butterfly in the sky you people must be fucking high no shit just a friendly reminder you should always know what your kids are watching claudia paola martin 1 10 Kids 13 plus I would say 17. 
This movie should have a warning and age restriction it is inappropriate and uncomfortable to watch. An extremely annoying teen that gets her period. Oh no, not a teenage girl getting her period. That doesn't belong in a movie. Loves her friends more than her parents and draws inappropriate pictures in her journal under her bed and is boy crazy. Oh no, I'm fucking dead. So by inappropriate pictures and boy crazy, you mean a few drawings of uh, her and a boy hugging. And I think one picture of like him touching her cheek. And let's be realistic. I, I don't. I would say that you're probably lying to yourself and everybody else if you say you didn't think about kissing at age 13. I mean, for some people, that's more like age 11. Um, so I feel like it's pretty tame. It's not. Uh, it's not that far from reality. And uh, I know when I was 13, uh, there were boys that were doing. A lot more than just hugging and um oh yeah but i forgot society thinks it's okay um you know we're, we're totally fine when it's the boys that have the thoughts um but god forbid girls have you know the same thoughts it's just it's just okay when boys do it i um definitely think it would be safe to assume that if this were a boy as the main character and uh somebody saw the pictures they would say oh wow son so uh so who's the pretty girl you know they would uh you know he'd 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 be recognized and and uh and and praised for um you know talking to a girl and and um having feelings for a girl um but when a girl does it ooh, shame on them it's fucking ridiculous when the teen becomes a panda metaphor for period she turns angry and needs to be controlled, so they are saying women are crazy and super emotional when read. Oh, you mean that's not true? Oh, I'm kidding. The elder women teach her about how to control the red panda at the end realizing that all her ancestors of the past had this same experience but one day the panda goes away. The mom walks inside a hole that basically says goodbye to her menstruation forever. <laughs> oh my god. The mom walks through a literal hole. <laughs> And says goodbye to her menstruation. That's <laughs> so fucking funny. Oh my god, that is epic. That is fucking epic. Yes, that's exactly uh, what that means. That's, yeah. You didn't know that's how menopause works? <laughs> Let the children's... Uh, cartoon uh educate you omg such a terrible movie that i wouldn't recommend not for kids and there you go uh so you've heard it from a handful of reviewers this movie is not for kids and if you are a parent who struggles communicating with your children this movie will probably go way over your head and uh just cause too many problems um for you that you just aren't equipped to uh to deal with like um talking to your daughters about uh about having a period um so <laughs> i don't know um i i enjoyed the movie yes there there there's flaws there's things that could have been done better the messaging uh, could have been communicated a little a little clearer, but like I said, I think for the most part, uh, the average kid, um, if they're 
below a certain age, they're going to miss half the shit that you think that whatever it is that you're concerned about um, them noticing in this movie. And then if they're above a certain age, again, I'm just kind of throwing out a number that is of my opinion, I think eight ish is a more than a perfect age to start having that conversation with your daughter. um, As that is only slightly younger than, you know, we had that conversation. I think if I recall uh, having it with, uh, with my own daughter. Um, so yeah, if I had to, uh, sum this up and, uh, give any advice from just one parent to another, um, (laughs) there's probably a lot of parents that are pissed off, um, hearing me, uh, say what I say, but, um, like I said, that's told you what I did with my daughter and it worked and, um, there's no awkwardness uh you know really talking about it um and i think the next step which should come around the same age if not maybe yeah yeah i'd say like pre pre-teen age is is a good time um to point out all of these messages um i give props to princess and the frog for actually to my knowledge i i could be wrong um feel free to correct me um, you can follow me on uh social media at Bollockbuster uh or at I am Chase Face. Um, just like I say at the beginning of every every episode. Um, let me know if uh if you feel the same. But uh, I think with Princess and the Frog, um, Tiana is a very responsible young woman, and she works hard. And that, for the most part, is the lesson within that movie is, you know, if you really want something in life, you don't rely on a man. You don't rely on somebody else. You work your ass off and, uh, you know, and try to achieve your goals. But in regards to turning red, I see a movie that, uh, you know, wants to show kids that it's okay to express themselves and, you know, talk about their feelings and, and say what's on their minds. Um, while still being respectful, again, young May was, again, a straight-A student. I've already said, I'm, like, repeating myself here, um, kind of redundant, but yeah, I mean, she was pretty much a, a all-around, a, a really good kid, and yeah, I mean, made some bad choices, but, you know, kind of, they her and her mom fought it out. It's kind of a shitty relationship between the two of them, but they worked it out. And, um, and she respects her mom. She respects her family and her family's heritage. And, uh, and her mom has learned to love her daughter for who she really is. Despite her having been a victim of generational trauma and, Holy shit, I don't know why it's just now dawning on me, but uh, but that is, um, I should have mentioned, fuck, I should have mentioned this um, in my reaction to some of the reviews, but um, that is a significant part of the message in this, is confronting that generational trauma. It's, it's not as much about just being sort of rebellious. I mean, if you look at the the family's history that goes back to 
or they show with her mother and her grandmother presumably it goes back you know way past that but um but it deals with that that is what is probably most significant um even more so than you know having the period talk with a teenager which again by that point you you've already fucked up you should have had that talk with your child years before that but that's that so maybe not everybody sees that and they just see you know a bunch of uh period talk and you know a bunch of nonsense around that but let you know hey again so feel free to to come at me with with uh comments or whatever again i am chase face on uh instagram and um i have my own problems um i have my own flaws and uh and i and i laugh at them um because laughter is as people say it's laughter is the best medicine so um sometimes just you know shut the fuck up and listen to a joke and you know don't take it too seriously just just don't there's no reason to learn to laugh at shit in life even if that shit is shitty <laughs> i don't know <laughs> but this this episode has gotten really long probably about 20 minutes longer than i was hoping for so uh, i'm just wrapping it up um, again, to the handful of listeners that I have, I am only three episodes in, so I do appreciate the, you know, the, the I don't know, 20-something of you or whatever it is that, that have uh, listened so far. And, um, you know, I, I just can't say how much I appreciate you hanging out, and I hope you come back for uh, for the next episode. Um, got a few, few more movies to talk about. Um, I'm looking at some Netflix movies. Um, I've also... Uh, started looking at reviews for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. So we've got some pretty interesting episodes coming up in the next couple weeks. Uh, again, I just wanted to thank you for hanging out and uh, hope to catch you in the next one.